pandemics are not typically in contact post this happening. Now I'm sure they will be in everybody's contract. Um, cause there is, I did read some, um, legal literature that was basically debating if you do not have pandemics specifically written into your acts of God, force majeure clause, would a pandemic be considered um, force majeure territory? Before we jump into the episode, wanted to thank Red Tree Albums for supporting the podcast and keeping this thing going. Right now, this is the perfect time to be selling albums to your clients. It's the time to catch up on albums. It's the time to sell them. And I think Red Tree is a really, really great solution for you. I use them. I love their Hanamule Museum etching paper. It has this beautiful texture to it. I love their service. I love everything about them. I highly recommend them. Go check them out. Red Tree Albums are crafted by hand in Louisville, Kentucky. Go give them a follow on Instagram at Red Tree Albums or their website is redtreealbums.com and their customer service is great. Go check them out. Now on to the show. Welcome to another episode of The Photo Report. I'm Braden Flynn, your host, and trying to be a encouraging voice in the midst of all the stuff that's going on where business may have stopped, slowed down, you have questions, you're wondering when it's going to go again, how do we use this time well, and I am trying to bring people on to help answer those questions. And in this episode, we've got Maggie Fisher, who is a photographer herself. She runs a pretty significantly big associate team, as well as she has a background in law and has a whole business for photographers and small and entrepreneur, creative entrepreneurs on the law side of things. So Maggie, welcome to the show and tell us who you are and how you do things. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Maggie Fisher. I have a photography studio with a team of associates um, and I'm also an attorney. So I have had my feet in both industries for uh, the last four to five years. And um, just recently, I made the decision to leave big law and go full time with my own business and um, to start serving artists and entrepreneurs. So yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. Well, neat. So it's one of the things that is probably on the top of a lot of people's minds. And I mean, a lot of us maybe have had to figure this out already at this stage is the amount of postponements that are happening and having to get your con like, is your contract even protecting you or what we, this is just something that's never really happened before <laughs> for any of us. Yeah. And so it's sort of new territory and clients are now really concerned like, okay, if we are booking something in late in the fall or early 2021, is this still going on? How do we, how do we start managing this and addressing it and dealing with all of this stuff? What have you been telling people yeah. and what are, what are you doing with your business? So, so far we've had to reschedule 24 weddings. We have 86 weddings scheduled this year, um, of which my husband and I shoot about 20 to 25 of them. Um, so we have had to deal with a lot of rescheduling and a lot of client communications. And one of the first things that we did was we created our policy, what that we were going to stick to for rescheduling purposes, especially with so many, we just we really wanted to like think everything through and nail it down. So we took the language that's in our contracts in terms of cancellation. We put that up front and then we wrote down our options that we would provide for our clients. And we preemptively sent that out to everybody who we thought would be affected. I believe we said it, sent that out like the first week of March or so. It was like March 9th or 10th. 
and we emailed everybody through mid-June with the language from our contracts and our new policy in light of the coronavirus. And what we came up with was we weren't going to charge for rescheduling to 2020 if they kept it within the year. If they moved to 2021, we were going to charge a rescheduling fee, um, which would be a new deposit or new retainer. And then the third option was um, if they don't work with us for rescheduling for any reason, um, or if they decide to cancel the wedding, then per contract, no monies would be refunded. What was for 2021? What is the, what's the rebooking fee? How much you were saying it's a new deposit? One, yeah. So it's about a one third retainer. Okay. So it'd deposit. be, it would be an additional one third on top of what they yes. would have normally paid. Yes. Okay. Have you found, what are people's responses to that? Um, it's interesting because I think it really depends on the price point that the client's at and then what their perspective is on, um, just like the photography industry in general. And some clients I feel like have just, they don't, they don't even blink an eye. They don't bat an eye. They're like, we understand, we appreciate your work. Um, they, they know that it's more work for us as photographers and other clients, they don't really understand why they think, I think that there's a misconception that, you know, our work is just that day. It's not the work that we do leading up to it. It's not the investments that we make into our business in preparations for that wedding day. Um, and then of course there's the work afterwards, but even just that expectation of work, we make appropriate investments in our business that year in terms of insurance and assistance and staff and prepping with the client for as far as like timelines and all that kind of stuff, education that we invest into because we have this expectation of work. So I think some clients, um, understand that. And I think other clients, they, they, they just can't conceptualize that there's more than just that actual, than the wedding day that they're paying for. So they don't really know why they're being charged. Um, and I think, you know, it comes down to, is it really worth it to fight a client on a rescheduling fee too? So it's not something that, um, you know, it's our studio wide policy, but we are taking everything on a case by case basis as well. So one of, I mean, one of the things that I've been telling couples really with, I mean, I haven't really had much pushback because I'm giving the thing where I'm, I'm saying there's no rebooking fee until after March of 2021. Partly, I mean, I, w I would assume like this is a fear that I know that I've felt where all of a sudden now we're losing half of the income for the year because, and this is also an explanation for, for people, like why would we be doing a rebooking fee? It's like, okay, now that we have given up your date, we are now having to give up a date that is like potentially in one of the most popular deals. So now we can't book another couple. So we've now just like lost a complete date on something you've already paid for, for another date. And so mm -hmm. now we're coming up and shooting this, but that that's sort of my explanation for also why it's like, mm -hmm. I, I can't give you a refund on your deposit in, in normal circumstances, because now I've said no to a lot of people that could have booked your wedding date. And now if I'm not shooting your wedding because you're moving it, now I'm losing money that I could have had, which isn't exactly, we can't have another income source on the, the COVID dates. But yeah, I guess with, um, within rebooking, what sort of 
thing. I'm, cause I'm guessing now, like I've had weddings that have rebooked to August 1st that were happening, you know, early this month. And even now looking at August or I'm having, an, I'm actually talking to a couple right now about a September wedding and they're wanting some like significant COVID language in there. So they're protected as well. Like what, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that we can think about or should we be thinking about in the contracts that can like make the couple feel comfortable enough to like, okay, cause what if this thing keeps going on? I think is the fear. Like we right. want to have a low barrier to entry. So people are like, are going to be booking, mm-hmm. but they also need to like, also feel like, well, what happens if we can't have our wedding again? Right. Yeah. It's scary. I think it's really scary for everyone involved. And I've had couples be rescheduled to June, like end of June and have rescheduled to July and August. And I had calls with a few of them today and they're like, well, what if I have to reschedule or postpone a second time? And when does it stop? And when does it become not worth it anymore? And then at what point do they, do they want their money back? Do they want it? Do they want their money back past the retainer? And how are we going to refund that money? And yeah. Can you talk about that? Like what, what is the, what is the position that like, let's say we have a contract that says the deposit is non-refundable and then they, they decide Mm -hmm. to just like, we're just going to elope and we're going to just do a wedding with family. Like what, what contractually are we bound to give them a refund or yeah. What, how does that situation play out? So it's all going to come down to the individual contract and it's really going to depend what the language is in each contract. Um, what, how you describe your retainer or your booking fee, whatever you call it. Um, if it says it's non-refundable, if you have a force majeure clause in your contract and what that then says, um, so I think it's all going to come down to the individual contracts. Um, I am confident that I wouldn't owe a, a refund for a retainer. Um, and I think if push came to shove, it's pretty justifiable that you can keep that initial booking retainer. I think where it starts to get questionable and gray is any monies that are paid after that point. So we do that initial one third deposit there's usually a middle payment that's around six months beforehand. That's at another one third. And then there's the final payment, which is the last one third. And we do have some clients who have paid that six months additional, you know, they paid 66% of their balance. So that's, I think where it starts to get a little bit gray. Um, And we do have in our contracts, it does say all monies paid are non-refundable. Um, under any circumstances, including force majeure um, scenarios. But I do think that we're going to have to be reasonable and find ways to work with our clients, whether that means giving them a credit for a family session. I there, I mean, it's really going to come down to the individual contract and the photographer, but the real fear is, you know, what if we can't shoot weddings for the rest of 2020 or, you know, we're rescheduling through you know, August. And then where do we move these clients to if we already have our fall booked? And, you know, then we're redistributing one year of income over two years. And how do we accommodate the costs of two years of business over one year of income? Yeah, it's, it's, 
it's scary and a little tricky, but I think there's things that you can do to be wise about the situation, which is why we have you on here. And also just to be proactive where you like, let's, let's assume that you hope to stick with these couples and have them rebook instead of cancel because giving back Mm -hmm. money that maybe you've already spent, most of us probably already have to be able to do that is really painful and scary. That's the scary part. And Mm -hmm. so being able to be proactive and actually reach out and have a plan and then also say, Hey, we're here to help you. How can, how can, because I think if, they realize they're not going to get their money back. That's been an investment that's there. So they're going to want to get, yes, it's sort of could be looked at as a sunk cost, but most people don't look at things that way. So it's like, listen, you were someone they were really excited to have on their wedding day and paid a Mm -hmm. decent amount of money to have you and don't want to just throw that away. And ultimately you want them to want to still have you on that day. So how can you help set them up so that they, whether that, whether I had, I had a couple of rebook and they're doing like a, a Monday to, it was going to be a destination wedding in big Sur, California. And now they're doing it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, instead of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there that's, that's, there's a lot more. And I've talked to some friends that own venues and other planners, and they're having a lot more like non weekend weddings. And it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, rolling with it because like there, this is something that I think talked about in a a few episodes ago with um, Sam Jacobson, but we're talking about how in 2021 or like late fall, there's going to all of a sudden be a land grab for dates. Like if people are sort of Mm -hmm. waiting to see what's happening, sort of like people are waiting to see if the stock markets hit the bottom yet and they're waiting on the (sighs) sidelines, then all of a sudden there's going to be this scramble of like, Oh my gosh, like they're where they're wanting to get married is not going to be available. But I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking too much in this, but these are the things that I've, I've been processing on this side of things where if you can be proactive and be a help to your clients, where either you're letting them know these are dates that I'm already booked and already rescheduled and continually keeping them up to date. So they don't fall in love mm-hmm. with the date and then come and check with you and you're not available. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, is okay. that, do you find that you're the couples that you have booked are, are trying to work with you and figure out? Yeah. It's that your photographers are available. Definitely. Yeah. I think we set that precedent pretty early, which was really important for establishing how this is going to work with our clients. Um, So we sent that initial COVID-19 policy. Here is our contract language. Money is non-refundable. If you cancel, if the wedding's moved for any reason, we put that up front. And then we said, in light of the circumstances, here are your options, A, B, and C. If you're moving your date in bold, in all caps, please work with us for availability so we can mitigate the loss of any money is paid. So we can move anything you've paid to a new date and make sure we're available. Um, because we have so many moving parts, I've asked all of our clients to ch- first check with their venue and then send those dates back to us. And we are having a lot of non-traditional wedding dates like Thursdays and even Wednesday. Um, But I do know photographers too that have created Google docs and they've color coded them and highlighted like Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And they continuously update that doc with who is available. Um, That way their clients can always check that and see what their photographer's availability is. Um, Cause I know it's gotta be so hard for the client right now too. And they're juggling all of their vendors schedules and availability. 
Um, but what we found what worked best for us was if, um, you know, they send us a handful of dates, normally they're sending us like five to 10 dates that their venue has available. And we're able to say this person's available this date and this person's available this date. And that's worked well so far. We've successfully rescheduled 24. So that's yeah, yeah, amazing. That. So and I, I, we're a couple of weeks into the COVID quarantine and I, I know probably a lot of people have had to deal with this already, but for people that, that still don't know what force majeure is, I didn't know what it was before this all went down and all of a sudden it's like talking about, you need to have that in your contract. And I, I, I didn't have it in my contract before. Can you give us a good definition, a good legal definition of what that is? Yes. Yeah, so a force majeure scenario is basically um, an unforeseen change in the circumstances that both parties didn't see was going to occur when signing the contract. So it can be defined usually in a contract, it's going to say acts of God. Um, that kind of language is going to be in a lot of contracts. Um, pandemics are not typically in contracts post this happening. Now I'm sure they will be in everybody's contract. Um, cause there is, I did read some, um, legal literature that was basically debating if you do not have pandemics specifically written into your acts of God force majeure clause, would a pandemic be considered, um, force majeure territory? So that's, that's an interesting thing, but, um, yeah, so t- typically it's, It's going to say acts of God, disasters, government restrictions or bans, war, those kinds of things that are going to prevent the parties or either party from fulfilling their contractual duties. And if you don't have force majeure language in your contract at all, um, it's definitely something that post COVID, there's not really an excuse for it not being in your contract moving forward. Um, And the advice that I've generally given is, um, if you don't have it in your contracts, then you can both parties would then have a duty to try to cure performance of the contract together to try to make that contract work. Um, so if one party, for example, if a photographer is saying, well, Oh, you've paid your balance in full and I don't have to accommodate your date. A part, a court's not going to look fondly on that. And then at the same time, if a client says, Oh, we're not, you know, no options. Um, you know, we don't, we're just going to cancel or we don't want to work with your availability or we don't want any other session or anything else from you. We just want a full refund. Both parties should be trying to cure performance of that contract. Yeah. And if, if that makes sense, totally. And what, if there's no, let's say your, your current contract that is out there with all of these couples who are needing to postpone or maybe something like you always think of best case scenario, but contracts are really in place because when worst case scenario happens, you know, it's sort of like in, in any agreement, you always think about a partnership. People tell you, it's like, get all of the, like the nasty stuff in contract while things are great. Right. Because when they're great, they're going to stay great. And when they get nasty is when all of a sudden people are like coming out for blood. And in this situation, you assume things aren't going to happen, but let's, let's say we, no one was assuming there's going to be a pandemic where the government shuts down everything. What happens if you didn't have a force majeure in your contract? Are you, is like, you didn't have anything talking about an act of God happening or a pandemic or a war or government shutdown. Are you, does that mean you're not protected or what, what does the force majeure actually do? 
So the force majeure, typically how it's written is it's going to be an accept. It's going to say in the contract, like this is what happens in a force majeure scenario. Um, how I've written the force majeure language in my contracts is that it reverts back to our same cancellation and rescheduling policies. Um, but it's really going to come down to what's in the individual contract. And if you don't have any language that covers it, um, I mean, typically most contracts do somewhere have that acts of God language. It might not be a full force majeure clause. Um, typically, if you say your deposit's non-refundable, usually there's some acts of God language somewhere in there. Um, but at that point, I would just say it's up to both parties to try to cure performance of the contract mutually. Um, so if one person just wanted, you know, if the client just said, Oh, well, we're just going to pick a new photographer now, or we're just going to save money and not have a wedding. They're not really trying to cure performance of the, of the commitment that they've made. And same thing with the, the photographer on that end as well, or the vendor. So I know another thing that it just made me think of, and this was a question that has come up before, just before COVID happened. But the idea is like, let's, let's say someone has to postpone and they can't rebook you contractually. Uh, and I know the answer is already going to be like, it depends on what the contract says, but contractually, are they still required to pay the balance? Hmm. Does that make sense? Cause like typically I, yeah. I think in, in my contract, like that money, like they've, we've been booked for this, you've paid the retainer, but this amount is still yeah. due because you have contractually contract, even though you don't maybe want, this hasn't ever happened, but assuming like right. that was to happen, like they got a new wedding planner and all of a sudden they, um, they want a new they photographer. Want a new photographer cause they're now in right. a different area. Right. Yeah. So I, I know there are a lot of photographers and vendors that say, if you cancel your wedding date within X amount of time, for example, 60 days, then you owe the remaining balance due, which in light of how our industry works, like we're not going to be able to rebook that, that date most likely within two months or three months of, of them canceling. Um, so I do think it's going to come down to that individual contract. Um, but I don't think, I think if you wanted to go after somebody who didn't fulfill their end of the contract and that's what you have in writing, then, you know, you would have that opportunity to do that. Um, oftentimes it just comes down to, is it worth it to pursue that, that kind of legal remedy? If you're paying for an attorney and, um, court costs and all that kind of stuff. You, I feel like the best case scenario is you always want to try to make things work with the client and the vendor, um, and to avoid that at all costs. And sometimes it's not worth it to go after that. But if that's what's written in your contract, you by all means would have the rights to attempt to collect that money. Yeah. But then it comes down to, is it worth, I mean, it's those situations are just hard. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. The, Back to COVID and all of that stuff going on in force majeure is like what, so in regards to rebooking for later this fall and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, but let's, I'm having couples, clients, mothers, um, that are wanting more COVID specific language. Cause it's like, what happens if, you know, you mentioned this is happening where people have like rebooked for July, you know, or August, mm -hmm. what happens if like the government is still saying no gatherings over, you know, 50 people and they right. can't host their wedding anymore. Like what, 
what is a way to still have more like COVID specific language in this time right now? Yeah. Um, so I've had a couple clients specifically request more, you know, COVID language protecting them in the event, um, that they have to postpone or reschedule their wedding for a second or third time. A lot of what they're asking for is to make sure that money is paid as transferable to a new date. Got it. And so that, and that would be in the form of like a liability waiver? No. So that's going to come down to, um, your, I have a specific cancellation clause and then also a rescheduling clause. Um, and I don't think clients right now are really asking for what happens if they cancel. They're not really thinking on those terms. They're thinking if I have to reschedule, I want to make sure that they're not going to have to repeatedly pay like these one third fees every single time they, they move their date if they're being forced to. And I think that's the fear in clients' minds. And, um, I think it's reasonable to work one-on-one with these clients because we're, you know, we're going to have costs, they're going to have costs. And if you can negotiate that contract clause with the client for something that you feel comfortable with and they feel comfortable with, I, I think there's always a way to meet in the middle. Yeah, it's all tricky. And for most of, most of us photographers or small business owners or creative entrepreneurs or whatever we call ourselves that are not lawyers, what, what are ways, and I know, so you have been an attorney, you worked for big law firms, but you have recently launched a business that is like, you've got the site up for like gearing towards this, like towards photographers yeah. that need help on the law side of things and other small businesses. But what, what are ways that you, like, let's say somebody's like, oh my gosh, I need to have my contract rewritten or I'm not very protected as I've now found through this situation. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and then also thinking about like, okay, do I need to download a template online? How do I find this? Like, what are, what are suggestions that you have or how can you help people in the midst of this? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, what's you know, your, what's your sites? We'll start there. So people can look at that. <laughs> the website. It's the artist lawyer.com or maggiefisher.com. Both will lead you to it. Um, M A G I F I S H E R. And I think, um, a lot of businesses right now are taking a hard look at their contracts and realizing, you know, worst case scenario, are we covered? And some businesses are finding out both unfortunately and fortunately that they're finding out, um, you know, if, and how, and to what extent they're covered in these circumstances. Um, I think there are a lot of good resources out there. Um, I wouldn't say go run and buy all the templates and all the things. Um, I think, you know, everybody has to do their due diligence and their research and make sure that they're buying something that's, you know, if you feel like you have to update your contract, make sure you're buying something that's up to date in light of COVID-19, something that's says and has been released post COVID. Um, so you know that you have this specific scenario thought through in this contract template that you're buying. Um, we do offer some on our website that are post COVID-19 specific. Um, and you can always schedule a one-on-one call with an attorney. Um, I offer it. I think it's important to find somebody who has kind of an industry specific look at this because not not all lawyers are going to understand both sides of 
you know, our wedding industry niche, as well as the legal side of things. And there's a ton of amazing lawyer, photographer, artists out there if you do your research. Um, and I'm sure everyone's getting inundated right now with one-on-one sessions and consultations. Um, so I do think templates are the best use of money and and time, um, just cause it's going to save you a lot more than like a one-on-one consultation with an attorney. But, um, if you do purchase a contract, a lot of places have like Facebook groups that you can be a part of and ask questions. And if you have specific questions about something before or after you're purchasing it, I know like I'm always happy to answer those individual questions. And I'm sure a lot of other lawyer photographer, lawyer artists out there are happy to answer them as well. Love it. And so, and you do have templates on there. So if people come to the site, they yeah. can, they can find some stuff that they could use for their biz. Exactly. Yeah. We have, um, right now we have a photographer contract, a rescheduling contract for photographers, a cancellation contract for photographers, and then a COVID-19 specific liability waiver, um, for all service providers. And we're working on putting up contracts for planners and hair and makeup artists, florists, all kinds of vendors. Love it. Well, that was really, really helpful info. Do you outside of just get a good contract? Do you have any other like parting words of advice to us? (laughs) Um, I don't think so. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is that, you know, it's definitely been a hard and trying time as an artist and entrepreneur and, we all just have to give ourselves grace. We're going through this. I think, you know, there's a lot of things out there saying we have to come out on the other side of this with like a new business or, you know, we have to continuously create and develop and just rescheduling weddings in and of itself is a lot and draining. And I think, you know, if you're out there and you're listening to this, it's obviously applicable to you. And just to give yourself some grace for going through this time period and, you know, we're all going to come out on the other side of this better and stronger and with better contracts because of it. That is true. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on and for sharing the advice. I am going to go over to your website and check out what I can add to my contract. But uh, yeah, for people that that need this stuff, what an amazing service. And hopefully it's a lot cheaper. I would assume that it's a lot cheaper than actually hire an attorney to do this. But I think what people are learning during this time is like to be protected is really important because when everything's peachy and everything's going great, and you don't need the protection. Like you always think you don't need it until all of a sudden you need it. So, so good to have it. But Maggie, thanks tons. And for all you listening out there, hope that you are hanging in there, doing well, staying creative and tune until the next time. We'll see you around.